Alphabet City, 1998. Aaron Kosminski, a prominent New York City hairstylist, has a date with destiny. When he meets Marie one autumn night, he feels a connection he's never felt before. But a series of grisly murders around the neighborhood propel Aaron and Marie into a tense face-off and a world of dark and grisly consequences. East in Red is a new horror play by Ryan Sprague, directed by Brian Williams and the Dark House Theatre, running October 5th, 6th and 7th at the Anderson Marks Theatre in New York City. Get your tickets now at darkhousetheatre.com and ring in the Halloween season with a bloody good time. Hello, my name's Patrick and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen and so are you! <laughs> My beautiful screamers. Who is that person? I don't know. But welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 192. And tonight, because I am bogged down in rehearsals for Easton Red, and because I am knee deep recording stuff, getting ready for the Halloween marathon. This episode is going to be another peek inside what you're missing if you're not a Patreon subscriber. So we're going to be taking a look at my initial theatrical viewing responses to Alien Covenant. And also a peek at a finished film called Lake Bodum that I think you'll find super interesting. So... Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and for the next, eh, it's going to be a short one, maybe a little more than an hour or so, I'm going to be your guide through the weird and wonderful world of horror, just as I am twice every month. So, before we go any further, let's get Smoochie Watch out of the way. Bomb, bomb, Smoochie Watch, what's going on with that cat? Okay, Smoochie gave me a scare. Yeah, she's been doing great and everything, and her behavior's been good, but I came home from the supermarket last week and was putting away groceries, and I stepped in blood. And I said, oh, no! And, of course, I had to go and run and find Smoochie Cat, and she was hiding under the sofa, and she was bleeding out her ears! Ah! So, of course, Cat Daddy went into full panic mode, and I ran, and I took her to the vet right away. And it turns out she just has an ear infection in both ears. And she had scratched herself going bananas with her giant toes on her ears. So she's going to be fine. I had a nervous breakdown, and it's another $300 that got pissed away. But you know what? It's all okay. She's fine. But we did find out while we were there that she is now at 25 pounds. So Miss Thing has met her goal weight that the doctor had said for her a year and a half ago. We're finally there, and it's all due to Prozac. Sure, she's still got some more to lose for her ideal weight, but hey, 
We've made a milestone, and we're going to celebrate that bitch. Come on! And we've done it, and now here we are. What else has been going on in Scream Queens headquarters? Like I said, I am knee-deep in rehearsals for East in Red, which is going to be playing the weekend of October 7th at Under St. Mark's Playhouse in, on the Lower East Side in New York City. So if you are in New York City, Chris Gangiano... Please get a ticket and come see it. It's a modern-day retelling, of, sort of retelling, of the Jack the Ripper story. There are four people in this apartment, and three of them are not going to be leaving alive. And it's a pretty tight script written by Ryan Sprague, who is a podcaster. I think his show's called Keep Watching the Skies. I should have looked that up before I started talking, but I didn't. But here we are. Is it his show right now? No, it's my show. And we have incorporated one of the best fight choreographers in New York City, as well as a woman who is known only as the Blood Queen. If you're doing blood in a movie or in theater in New York City, you get her, and this show is going to be gory as hell. So you do not want to miss it. And of course, this is put on by Dark House Theater. You might remember Dark House Theater. I had Brian Williams on to talk about the loved ones. Ooh, probably last Halloween when that was but that he, he was here he's been here so you know all about him and you know all about that and it's going to be really cool so go to www.darkhousetheater.com and get yourself a ticket so preparations for the halloween marathon are going swimmingly i think i'm getting myself prepared pretty well lining up all these interviews and guests and getting them recorded beforehand so I'm not burning out, yet still I'm getting the feeling I'm going to back myself into a corner and still wind up having a nervous breakdown. But that's what you pay for. Also, I'm thinking, I, I, I don't know how to go about it, so I'm going to be in a couple uh, in contact with a couple of people about this. I'm thinking of not only just making this a marathon, but also a kind of a telethon. I'm pro- I want to contact some LGBT charities and see if somehow we can turn this into a fundraiser for them as well. I think that would be a pretty cool way to help a lot of people, help get the name of the show out there a little bit more, make it a bit more of a presence in the community, which I think is super important as because you know, we're a community and that's great, but I think a bigger presence within the LGBT community uh, uh, would be an even better one, like a more prominent one doing something good. So I'm in contact with a couple of charities and we'll see which one bites because apparently charities are kind of, can be kind of picky about how you're raising funds for them. So they might be like, ew, horror movies, bleh. So do we want to raise money for your sick kids? Then no, we don't. Fuck you. Shut up. Die. Die off. Die. No. If you're not cool with how we raise money, then you are simply not cool. I'm just I'm, – I'm not anticipating a problem. I know other charities – that I uh, used to, you know, be involved with <clears throat> New York City Game of course, <clears throat> would not be open to this sort of thing <clears throat> because they're lame, <clears throat> and there's that whole thing. But you know, are we talking about them? No, we're not. What else is going on? Oh, hey, remember how I said last time that I had taken Mr. Brad to see 1984 on Broadway, and I got sick and I had to leave. Well, I went to see it last night. Unfortunately, the show is closing. I think on the 8th of October but if you are in the New York area get yourself a ticket now because this show is genuinely horrifying it is the closest thing to horror I have seen on a Broadway stage in ages and I can't even explain to you how frightening it is the whole thing feels 
like a nightmare. The way it's set up, you know, you're following this main character, um, and every now and then there'll be this flash of bright light like a strobe like a single strobe light and then all of a sudden everything will have changed a scene will be going on he'll be talking to two people about you know whatever work flash instantly there's different people on stage the scenery is completely different and they're going on with a completely different conversation and and he's just like wait what happened wait what happened wait what happened flash and then we're somewhere else flash so the first 40 minutes of this genuinely feels like a nightmare and then when the torture shows up in the second half of it, it is absolutely horrific. And also, it is such an echo of what is going on in the world today that it is frightening. We are living in the age of doublespeak where you can hold two contradictory ideas in your head and somehow believe both of them to be true, even though that's impossible. But it's insanity and it's incredible and I cannot recommend it more and it's a shame it's closing, but I know it's a straight play, like a non-musical play and if one of those is not a comedy or a love story, they don't run for very long and apparently people are not... There's enough dystopia in the world right now as it is that people don't want to see it on stage, but I highly recommend if you are a horror fan in New York City and want something to do, tickets are super cheap. You can get a balcony ticket for about 30 bucks, and it is absolutely worth it. Get your ass there and get your mind blown by theater about how you can make theater look like a fucking movie and a nightmare at the goddamn same time. Ah! Going back to the Halloween marathon for just a second. Like I said, I'm getting all these guests lined up, but I also want to be doing individual shows with just me. And I'm picking out movies, yet I still am worried I'm going to run out of material or the movies that I'm picking are not going to be worth talking about. So until the marathon begins, I am lifting the requirements. Oh, I'm lifting the rule of the firing squad is what I'm trying to say. If you have a movie that you want me to talk about in the Halloween marathon, just recommend it. No worries. Not this time. I just... Right now, it's about volume and not quality. I don't even care if it's bad. Just tell me a movie to watch and I'll cover it. I don't care at this point. And it's only for the month of October and that is my gift to you. You will not have to be humiliated much. But I'll probably still make fun of you. But maybe the firing squad will come out. Maybe they won't. I don't know. I don't know. But that much said, speaking of the firing squad, one of you out there contacted me and said that you were going to be sending me a DVD copy of the movie Death Valley for me to cover with the firing squad. And I did not receive it. And I can't find the messages that you sent me on Facebook regarding it. And therefore, I'm not 100% sure who I had this conversation with. And I know it's a regular listener. I know it's a regular lady listener. Well, I don't know if you're regular. I'm sure you have all your like activity or whatever. But I mean, whatever. You, you're, you, you, you are a regular listener of the show who might also be regular in your bowels. I don't know. But whoever you are, please contact me. Let me know if you sent the movie because if you did, I didn't get it. Oh, no. And maybe we can figure out where it went. Maybe there's a shipping tracker or something but whatever 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 for those of you who are new to the show and wondering what i'm talking about 
with the firing squad very quickly. Normally, I have a rule that if you recommend a movie to me, you're held accountable for it, which means that I will put you in front of a firing squad, which means if I don't like it, you're going to be humiliated and possibly shot with fake gay bullets. And it's all just a big joke. But that's what I'm talking about. But that is lifted until the marathon is over. And then I will get back to embarrassing all of your asses for making me watch movies that are shittier than I would have watched anyway. Because, my God, I am trying to find movies to talk about. And I'm telling you the same problem that I had last time we spoke. That I am not finding them. Like, I can't find – like, all of the streaming services that I have right now are so glutted with either – uh, bottom of the barrel found footage garbage or foreign films like really low budget foreign films that are just remakes of shitty American films like it's just like shitty found footage films but now it's from Panama and it's great to have an international view of things but it's the shitty movie I'm getting regularly but now even shittier because the budget's even lower and usually the filmmakers are less skilled and whatever I'm dying out here please tell me movies to watch please for the love of God one sad thing I want to talk about because oh right well first there's a couple of sad things I want to talk about first of all um the hurricane in Puerto Rico is terrible and and my heart goes out to everybody down there and I wish I knew what to do to help but nobody knows what to do to help and it's breaking my heart that this is where we are right now, that we're, we are just not helping people who desperately need it. And, and I, it makes me sick. Also, I want to say uh, rest in peace to Bernie Casey. Bernie Casey, of course, starred in Gargoyles, which we just talked about a few episodes ago. And he was a really cool guy, apparently a genuinely nice guy, and he always did great work. I will always love him in Revenge of the Nerds, and we will miss you terribly. Mr. Casey. Also, we lost a friend here. Uh, my friend Santos Ellen Jr. passed away. He was I knew him from the Dark Side Horror Movie Meetup Group, but he was also a horror podcaster and very, very influential in the horror community. He passed away of a heart problem earlier in the week, and it's a very big loss to the horror community and the New York community and the Dark Side Meetup community and just a good guy and a good dad has left us and it makes us very sad and now time for the big sad thing and i'm sorry to be ending with this again but uh as you all know my sister Teresa passed away of cancer several years ago earlier in the month we had a memorial for her anniversary uh, around the date of her death which was september 8th and for some reason, my insane super Christian Catholic sister decided she, that wasn't enough, so she wanted to have her own memorial for Teresa because we had a special bond that – anyway, probably which meant that she didn't get showcased enough in the first one, so she has to be the center of attention, so she's doing another one. Well, it, actually, it's already happened. It's past this weekend, but she told me in no uncertain terms that I shouldn't come, that Teresa wouldn't have wanted. Oh boy, that fucking hurt. And um, it's because of who I am and what I stand for. It's because I'm the gay brother and also I'm the, you know, libtard snowflake city burning rioter. Whatever. Fuck haters. Fuck these people. I hate 
so much right now, and I it's a daily goddamn battle with the world and my family, and I'm just sick of it. And that's why I am very happy that I have this place to come to right now to sit down with you and um, talk about stuff that I don't talk about with other people. I haven't really mentioned this to other folks. And um, anyway, enough of that. So we are going to stop the belly aching, the boo-hooing, and the crying for now. And we are going to open up our special peek inside the Patreon subscriber exclusive feed called The Final Reel. And that's where you're going to find out my opinions on what's going on with stuff that's in the movies right now. The stuff that you want to know. Patrick, should I waste my money on this or should I not? Well, I'll tell you, but unfortunately right now you got to subscribe for that. I won't be talking about new releases here for the most part. And... There you go. Sure, you're going to get a little peaky now, but you probably already saw this movie in the theater, and I can't help you. But I might be able to save you from watching it on video, or maybe it's better on video. Who knows? Video sometimes changes things. Who knows? Who knows? Let me know. Let me know. Let me know, because I'm not watching this piece of shit again. And you're also going to get a little taste of uh, – I give recommendations out there as well. Sometimes if I feel the episode's running a little short, I'll be like, hey, here's some cool stuff you might have missed. That I won't talk about here. Does that seem divisional? With patronage comes rewards. And if you want to become a patron, you head over to www.patreon.com slash screamqueens and pick your prize level. There are newsletters that go out all the time. There are at least uh, two bonus episodes a month. And sometimes we get... Random stuff stuff in there as well. I'm still kind of figuring out what to do with this feed and juggling my time and and but you know, okay. Anyway, shut up, Patrick. Shut up. Let's get ready to go back into space. We've been going into space a lot lately, and that's totally cool. And we're gonna talk about alien covenants. <sighs> Welcome to the feed. It's another bad day for allergies here at Scream Queen's headquarters. Daddy's got a migraine, but daddy's got a responsibility to you. And he doesn't mind. That does make him feel better. But this one's particularly important. Because, yes, Alien Covenant came out this weekend. And it might be too late to save a lot of you. But I'm going to go out on the line right here before I go any further and say you don't need to see this movie in the theater. Save your money. Wait for video. Because this is just disappointing. On about every level. Now I'm sure you're 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 rabid horror fans, so I'm sure you've read everything that's come out on this topic anyway you looked at all the reviews and everybody fighting online about whether it sucks or whether it doesn't well it doesn't exactly suck but that doesn't mean it's good either because there's two movies at war here there's that Prometheus storyline and the Alien storyline that are at battle and it is very clear which one the filmmaker favored because one gets all the meat 
and the other one just kind of gets left to its own devices and pushed off to the side except when really necessary and then given a little, you know, you can come out and play for 30 seconds and make it go away. Which one's which? I bet you can't guess. Yes, the Prometheus gets all the meat. It's like that old story, you know, you have two wolves... I forget how that goes. Forget it. I can't tell. I can't tell fables right now. For God's sake, I'm dying here. I'm dying. Oh. So I went with Mr. Brad on opening night, and it was kind of cool because we ran into world-famous actress Elena Acker, who was going into the screening before us. You know, she's been on the show several times, you know, mostly with Robert R. Best for all my uh, slumber party based horror movies. I don't know how that matchup happened, but it did, and so here we are. But we're not talking about her right now. We're talking about this. What's really crippling here is that for a movie in which people talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, you learn virtually nothing about them. Character development is virtually non-existent. It came apparent to me at a certain point that I had no idea how many people were on this ship. How big is this crew? Because every now and then, somebody would just pop up. And I'd be like, who's that? And I realized it doesn't matter because if somebody just pops up and then, you know, they're going to be dead in three minutes. So there's a big Star Trek red shirt thing happening here. And what's weird is that they had released a four and a half hour and four and a half hour, four and a half minute sneak peek video about a month ago, which got all of our appetites wet. And what's weird, in that four and a half minutes, there is more character development than there is at all in the movie. And the other thing that's weird is that none of that four and a half minutes is in the movie. That's not a sneak peek. That's bait and trap. Bitches, that's not okay. That's not okay. And this is another movie that predicates itself on every character making the stupidest decision possible in every single circumstance. And there is a huge problem when the synthetics, the robots in your movie, are the most fleshed out characters. The movie belongs to David and Walter, the two synthetic robots in this tale and everybody else just kind of gets shoved to the side it's weird and they try to cover up for that like there's 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 a husband and wife uh, i can't danny danny whatever his name is i can't think of his name he plays the ship's captain sorry i'm not looking any of this up I mean, where's a cowboy hat because apparently that's a character choice but he's married to somebody on the ship they have no scenes together he gets left on the ship. She goes down the planet to explore. And once they're separated, all he talks about is, that's my wife down there. That's my wife. That's my wife. That's my wife. And then they never have any scenes together. We're supposed to give a shit when bad things happen. I don't care. I thought she was married to somebody else. And it just makes me sad. If you didn't want to make an alien movie, then don't make an alien movie. Fucking you really, Scott, make your goddamn Prometheus movie. Maybe you couldn't get it funded. I don't know, because none of this stuff here that goes on makes a lot of sense either. Now, granted, I was not a fan of Prometheus, so I was playing catch-up for a lot of it, remembering what had gone on, and remembering how much I didn't care. And there's a lot of bullshit philosophy in this philosophy. You know, David the robot is always spouting poetry, like really farty poetry, and it's supposed to be deep, but it's not. It's really not. 
It's kind of like the Matrix, the later Matrix movies. Like in the first Matrix, all those philosophical principles that they put out are real things, metaphysical stuff. That was deep, heavy stuff. And then in the other two movies, you just had people rambling on with this pseudo-intellectual nonsense. And that's kind of what you're getting here. And it's really hammered home. I get it. I get it. This is all about creation. It's about the urge to create. I get it. I get it, and then David wants to create something new as in a new species, the perfect species. I get it. I get it. But I don't care, so we don't need to spend this much time with it. Hey, how about giving us any character background on anybody on that ship? Because I know nobody, and what doesn't help either is that there's casting issues within the people on the ship. Okay, you've got Billy Crudup, who plays the new captain. There's an accident early on, and the old captain is killed. And now he becomes this reluctant captain. I love Billy Crudup. He never he never really gets the the the, the movies that really make him pop. Part of it's because he's a chameleon and nobody recognizes him. And this would have been a great thing, but no, they don't give him anything to do. But there is another character when they're back down on the planet and they're about to have their first encounter when somebody's looking around and you know, steps on this weird little egg berry looking thing and dust comes out and goes in his ear. It's in the trailer. I'm not spoiling anything. I thought it was Billy Crudup. It's not. It's a completely different character. There's also a young woman who's up on the ship, you know, watching everything, who has somewhat of a part. But then I was like, wait a minute. How did she get back down on the planet? Because this girl's like, oh my gosh, I have blood all over me. I have to go find a place to wash it off. And I thought it was her. I'm like, how did she get down? Oh, wait, no, that's a completely different actress. What are you doing? Casting people that look too much alike. And then they're just red shirts anyway. So it doesn't matter because everybody dies. And it's just a dumb, dumb, embarrassingly dumb movie. I was really upset because for a while I'm on board. You're setting up interesting, some interesting things. Like one of the interesting character things that you get is that Billy Crudup, the captain, he's a man of faith. And he's the only man of faith on board. And one of the things that's making him nervous about becoming captain is that he thinks everybody hates him because he's a man of faith. And nobody takes faith into consideration or, or looks at it with any kind of respect at all anymore. I said, this is an interesting thing that you can run. No, okay, we're not going to go down that trail at all. Now, and it's not to say that there's not good things that happen. I mean, Michael Fassbender is great in this dual role, which, again, is weird. I said, okay, so the corporation is now making synthetics that look alike now, okay. And some of the synthetic traits that they can do now, like heal don't appear in the other movies, which is weird because they, 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 they're happening in the future because this is a prequel to all of that. And I said, okay, so uh, later uh, later synthetics can't heal themselves. Okay. But there's a lot of mythology that just kind of goes out the window or gets skewed. And they're trying to cover up with saying, well, the alien is, you know, this is an early version of the alien. I don't give a shit. I just don't give a shit. Things don't make sense. I mean, apparently David has spent the 10 years since Prometheus has happened playing genetic doctor. Not really sure how he's doing that because they don't really tell you. And he's just making all these new alien species because he thinks it's so great and everything. And, you know, there's a, he somehow made the alien eggs that we all know and love. But I said, there's no queen. 
If there's no queen, where are they, who's laying these eggs? Where are they coming from? What came first, the face hugger or the egg? I think the egg came first, but somebody had to lay the goddamn egg. This movie's laying an egg in my mouth, and it tastes like sulfur poop. I don't like it. When have you eaten sulfur poop, Patrick? Shut up. Leave me alone. I'm sick. Smoochie's looking at me like you're an insane person. You're an insane person. And the fun thing about watching these things with Mr. Brad is that he's Mr. Technical as well. So he was very – and he's not super familiar with either of these franchises, either Prometheus or the Aliens. He's seen them, but he doesn't know them backwards and forwards. So he was really kind of ticked off immediately because, you see, you know, the ship is waking up and Mother is dealing with Walter, the ship's synthetic telling him to do things oh this guy there's a problem you know we need to set this oh we, you need to open up these solar sails to charge the ship and walter there's a problem there's some kind of space storm that we have to pull the things in or everybody's going to die and bradford is just because it was not particularly crowded for an opening night so he's just like well this doesn't make any sense at all it, you know if technology goes if this is in the future why why is Walter not better integrated with Mother? Why do they have to have a out loud conversation at all? That should be some kind of Bluetooth thing because this is wasting precious seconds that could save lives. And every time David came to a door, he'd have to give a code. He'd be like, the code is blah, 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 blah. And he said, why did he have to give a code at all? If this was the fully integrated system, just his presence alone should open the door. And this also would make sense later on in the movie because there's a twist. Well, they tried to make it a twist. And I'm not going to go into what it is because, I mean, it's the movie is worth seeing, but not now. But there, there's... Wait, just wait. There's a twist that is so obvious that Helen Keller saw it coming, that you know Stevie Wonder saw it coming, that Mrs. Stevie Wonder, Sarita saw it coming and told Stevie, and he wrote a song about it, which I'm not going to sing for you because it would spoil it, even though it's not really a spoiler because everybody knew it a half an hour before it happened. The thing I want to touch on is there was a much-touted gay couple in this. Oh my goodness, the the interwebs were just a buzz, and can you believe they have a same-sex couple on the ship as well? And I kept waiting to figure out which couple it was. And when you finally do, it's about three seconds of blink-and-you-miss-it coded conversation. Hey, Hollywood, thanks for the pandering. My goodness, I'm so thirsty to see myself represented on screen that I will take this pathetic excuse for a gay relationship in a sci-fi movie. Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Uh, the, the gore stuff is good. I mean, there are parts that are like, particularly early on uh, or in the middle of the movie, I should say, they're quite intense when you're first getting your first encounters with things bursting out of people and chasing people around. It's pretty intense. And I said, hey, this is going great. The problem is, is that every time you have one of these scenes, sometimes in the middle of these scenes, you will cut to some long, boring conversation with David going on and 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 on about whatever philosophical bullshit he's been programmed to ramble on about endlessly. And then when you come back to that scene or go back to the action, all the air has been taken out of it. And so it carries no weight. Everybody here is just meat for the grinder. 
it's like the worst slasher movie tropes now put into this multi-billion dollar project that you could have done better with. The CGI aliens, uh, uh, say what you will, they do as good as you can, good a job as you can with CGI, but some of them you're like, oh, come on, really? Okay, please. But that's that's neither here nor there because our heroine, our, our Ripley replacement is a wet rag. The only thing, the only character trait that she has is that her husband just died. Her husband was the captain. That's it. So she's just in mourning the whole movie. And then she needs a man to save her at the end. So for feminist stuff, you're not going to find a lot here. And one of this scene is in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything. It's the scene with the couple in the shower getting attacked by the alien. That's fine. A little bit of sleaze, whatever. You know, we've made it through five movies without showing boobs. He had a, This is the one we're going to choose to do it. Okay. It's the sleaziest possible way. Okay. We're going to go this route. We're going to go highbrow and then this lowbrow. All right. But it's the placement of this scene. It's not early on where nobody knows what's going on yet. No. No, let's just say this is after the crew thinks the movie's over. Like, we think everything's safe now. 80% of your crew is dead. They all just died horribly. And the first thing you two go do is screw in a shower? Who does that? And don't you give me this, oh, well, it's just a celebration of life. Fuck you. Fuck you. No, it's just stupid. It's smart people being stupid. And life, the movie Life had its problems. It had its characters all being incredibly stupid at the worst possible times. But here, it's just terrible. Terrible, right? At least in that movie, it seemed like a choice. This just seems lazy and embarrassing. And I just, I, you know, the more I talk about it, the more I hate this movie. And when the credits were rolling at the beginning, it occurred to me that there was no colon in it. It's not alien colon covenant. It's alien covenant, which means a covenant of aliens. And I had to say, wait a minute, I'm not really 100% sure what covenant means. So I just looked it up. It means an agreement or a contract. So it's alien agreement. Alien contract. It means nothing! I hate you, Ridley Scott, and your stupid son. What are you trying to do? And I hate you, marketing company, for actually trying to pass this off as a thriller because you know it's not. Clearly, you left the thriller and stuff, the thriller stuff, in just to pander to the audience that you knew was going to cough up the cash to see this thing. Because Prometheus was, yeah, I know it's got its fans, but uh, even that had stupid stuff in it. You know, like the girl who gave herself surgery in this machine and then is running around like nothing happened. Yet you just had major surgery. You just had a thing taken out of your body and you're running around like everything's fine. Or the thing with Charlize Theron running away from the rolling spaceship at the end. You're going, Charlize, run left, run right. You'll be, okay, you're flat. Stupid. Stupid, so don't tell me this is intellectual stuff because it's not. You've got some concept and you can't flesh it out, so fuck you. Wait for video. Make a covenant with me. Let's have a Scream Queen covenant covenant right now that you don't watch this movie till it comes on video. Save your money. Save your money. You're already giving your precious money to me to listen to this, so I would at least give back to you a little bit. And say, say no. 
say no to Alien Covenant. And when I, apparently there's two more sequels coming down the pike, and I have to say I am now officially not interested. I did not care for Prometheus, but I was interested to see how they're going to blend these two worlds together, and they didn't. They kept them as separate as possible, and it's 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 just a disappointing mess. So. Some folks on Facebook who are not listeners of the show, oddly enough, say, Patrick, you got to see this movie, Lake Bodum or Bottom or whatever. It's on Shudder exclusively. And I said, all right. And I did. Now, this is an interesting movie. I'm not going to play the trailer for this either because it's all in Finnish. So it's not going to help you unless you're from Finlandia. So, and you might be, but I just don't have time and daddy has a headache. Now, this is kind of cool. It's got some concepts here that are fun. Now, it sounds all very straightforward. In 1960, four campers were massacred while spending the night at Lake Bodum. This is a real thing. This case did happen in Finland and has been a huge part of Finnish pop culture since then because it was unsolved. You know, it's one of those great mysteries of Finnish history. And many stories have been woven about it and it's a jumping off point creatively for many projects, including this one. And in this movie, four teenagers are going to spend the night at Lake Bodum. One of them is a true crime kind of enthusiast and is obsessed with this case and he kind of wants to recreate that night to see if he can figure out what happened, what could possibly go wrong. Well, everything goes wrong and things are going the way you expect them to go. But all of a sudden there is a very dark turn. I'm not spoiling anything. And I went, oh, this is the route we're going. Okay, I'm awake now. And I'm thinking this is how the movie ends. Like this turn was dark enough that this could be a last real twist. But then I looked at the running time. I said, there's 45 minutes left of this movie. What's going to happen now? And so now I'm all on board. And... Then the movie took another dark turn. And then another one. And then another one. And when the final credits rolled, I said, well, there you go. That was interesting. Granted, this movie is not great. Uh, the cast, however, is, is charming, and they actually look the right age. They look like they're all about 18, so this completely works. But there's not, I buy all the relationships going on here. Uh, there's a the weird thing where things aren't being translated properly. You can tell like some of the translation in the subtitles is a little clunky, so there's that kind of disconnect. But the connection between the, between the kids is strong, and that always works for me in a thing like this. I buy all of these relationships, I buy these kids, and I like them, even the ones I'm not supposed to like, because you're giving me something a bit more real than you get in a slasher type of genre. And granted, one of the ter- turns, again, I'm not spoiling anything, does kind of resurrect an unwelcome stereotype 
that was prevalent in movies before the 1990s. You don't see too much anymore, and I kind of went, Ugh. but I gave him a pass because, you know, and I'm sorry to be evasive on this, but I can't, I don't want to spoil this movie. Uh, I said, oh, I'm not happy to see this again, but it does make the movie work. It is kind of essential to the plots that they're setting up, and I buy it, so I will give them a pass for this. So, if you like slasher movies, and even though there's there's not really much gore or special effects or really that much suspense, this one at least keeps pulling the rug out from underneath you. So, if you enjoy that kind of a ride where you just don't know where you're going... Where you absolutely think, yes, this is where this movie's going, and they just keep knocking you down the damn stairs. So you have to start walking up the stairs again. If you like that shit, then you might actually like Lake Bodum. It is, of course, available exclusively on Shutter, as I have said. And I'm going to put my two cents in right now. I've had Shutter for about six months. And for $5 a month, I'm really enjoying it. The selection is quite good. I've heard like some of these streaming services. I heard Screenbox isn't great, and for a while I heard this wasn't great. I'm really happy with the things they have on there. Sure, it's a lot of stuff you've seen a million times, but they do get lots of things that you don't see all the time, and their 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 stock changes quite rapidly. They're always a uh, uh, introducing new things from all different kinds of subgenres in the horror world and that makes me happy from different age periods it's not all new stuff but they'll like occasionally go all the way back to the 30s and 40s for a movie that you've never heard of and sometimes that's great and you know that's this is where i found that made for a tv movie that i talked about last time it's it's i'm enjoying the service quite a bit so if you are questioning whether or not you should try out one of these horror streaming services, I am going to throw my hat in the ring and say, spend your money on Shudder. Take that movie ticket money that you're going to spend on Alien Covenant and make a long-term investment into something that will give you long-term pleasure. Shudder. It will give you Shudder's deep inside, deep, deep inner body Shudder's. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The ones that make you go, moo, moo, moo. Why are you mooing? I don't know what's happening. I'm so, my God, my head hurts so much. Hi, Patrick. This is Carly from Texas. Carly! And I just wanted to call in and say hi and great job on everything you do. Aww. This is Green Queen's podcast. It's amazing. Love Thank it. Um, I wanted to call in and let you know that I saw it the other uh, night. Jealous. And wanted to let you know what I thought. I thought it was great. I thought it was a good movie. Good. Um, I've seen a lot of people gripe online about the CGI, but I thought the CGI was really well done. It didn't really pull me out of the story. Um, I think what got me really caught up in the story of the movie was that, um, you know, there's these moments of this sort of Goonies kind of feeling with this 80s nostalgia, uh-huh. kids adventure kind of thing going on. And then so you get caught up in like the sweetness and the cuteness of that. And then all of a sudden they just, you know, hammering you over the head with some horrible, horrific thing. And those horrible, horrific things for me were much less the monster and Pennywise. It was much more like family dynamics and things Mm -hmm. like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, the real stuff, things like that were really scary. Because those are like the real things that can happen. That's, That's what's most scary. 
so yeah, that's what I thought about the movie. I hope I didn't give any spoilers. Nope. Um, and that's all I have to say. So uh, maybe I'll call back soon. You better. After I see another movie. We'll see. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Carly, 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 my love, thank you so much for finally calling in because, you know, even though you sent me that gorgeous bit of art in memory of my sister and even though we're talking about working together to come up with a new logo and merchandise for the Scream Queens podcast, do not think for a minute that it has not come to my attention that right now, right this very second, that you're a first-time caller! Oh my god, that felt good. I haven't done one of these in ages, it feels like. Ah, it feels so good to let my jingle bells ring free. That almost sounded dirty, but you know what? If it was dirty, if if anybody out there thought that was dirty, yeah, you're probably right. I work in innuendo. It's what I do. Well, not in your endo specifically, but in somebody's endo. That was another dirty thing to say. Oh my god. God. Oh my God. Yes, I'm still like the only person on the planet who hasn't seen it yet. As my Patreon subscribers know, I've been having some schedule pro- scheduling problems with Mr. Brad because he's looking for an apartment and I promise to go see it with him. But hopefully that will be rectified this week. I can't get out of your endo. I can't help myself. I'm all up in your endo and I like it in here. It's so roomy. What? Oh, what a terrible thing to say. Oh my goodness. But no, you didn't spoil anything because that, I mean, I've read the book a gazillion times. It's going to be hard to spoil anything and I know they've changed things and stuff, but overall I have a pretty good idea of what I'm in for and I just want to be in it already. God, everyone else has been in there. I want to get in there too. God, stop it, Patrick. Stop talking dirty to Carly. What's the matter with you? Everything's the matter with you, and that's why they tune in. Oh, that's right. Thank you for reminding me, other side of Patrick's brain. You're welcome, normal side of Patrick's brain. What? There's a normal side of my brain? Not really. I just call myself that. What's happening? I don't know what's happening, Carly. Thank you so much for calling in. You're awesome. Patrick! It is Robin from Jacksonville. I haven't called you in 5,681,000 days. Hi, I miss you so much. Wow. So, I've been such a busy girl. You have. I've been so busy at work. I got a raise. Yay. Yay. And also, Bella turned 10. We had a water park party, and that was just crazy, and we've been super busy for the summer. And also, my oldest is starting her senior year of high school. What? My four-year-old, well, he's going to be four. God, I'm getting really old. I should look into some Botox. I actually got things recently because I'm really getting a wrinkled five head. Anywho, I'm Irish and I have big heads and I can't help it. But I miss you, and I just wanted to say hi, and I haven't talked to you in so long. And I'm glad that Pitcherbury was great and she could go ask the math again and she's like and slim. I'm so glad you don't have her headaches anymore and wow. things are on the up and up there. And I really I've been so busy. I haven't watched any horror movies really. <gasps> the last one. Um I finally watched the invitation. I know I'm late to the party. That's and right. Laura was amazing. Yes, I finally it was. saw it. I love saying You're the mermaids. But um I've got to go before I get cut off, but one thing that Isabella wanted me to ask about, what hasn't been in our neighborhood lately? And so she did have a new list of kids potentially for him to poop on in their sleep because she did start her New Year school. So she just wanted me to tell you that and that she loves you and and we 
we will talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, my goodness. So now the side effect of listening to the Scream Queen's horror podcast is that children will be making hit lists for gargoyles. I would use another kind of list, but I know the child might be listening right now. It's a poop list, but I want to say another word because it rhymes with hit list. But never mind. Never mind. Well, hey, Isabella. Listen, try to give the school a chance first before you start knocking off other students with gargoyle poop. That's not okay. You know, at least give it till the holidays because what says happy holidays more than a mouthful of phlegm poop? Right? Of course, right. What am I saying? What am I encouraging? Oh, my goodness. And by the way, phlegm hasn't been around your neighborhood lately. First of all, I thought, you know, uh, I know uh, the last time he called in, he said he was planning a big uh, visit to Disney World with you, that you were going to show him around Disney World. So I'm eager to hear how that goes. But the thing is, he's been hanging around the house a lot lately because he has been protecting the neighborhood from Nazis since we have one living right across the street and he's out on bail and walking the streets again. Flem is making sure that he's not getting up into any nonsense because if he is, you know what he's going to do. You know what he's going to do. He's going to poop in his mouth. That's right. I said it. I said it. That's what he's going to do. And okay, as for you, young lady, Miss Robin, Thank you for your musical opening. That made me very happy because you almost crossed over into Rent territory. It was a little 528,600 minutes for a second there, and I was very excited by that. Whether it was intentional or not, it made Daddy very happy. I'm sorry you've been so busy. Hooray for your raise. And if you're going to only be able to watch one scary movie, The Initiation was a great one to pick. I did a brief cover on that, and that's really all I'm ever going to do about it on this show because that is a movie that should not be spoiled tension mastered just 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 nothing but 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 dread and tension and fabulosity and i loved every second of it and i loved every second of this call i'm sorry it took me so long to play it yeah okay it took you a long time to call in but it took me even longer to play this darn thing so are we all good are we all good robin we good isabella we good Flam, we good? No, I didn't think so. Well, I figured I'd ask. I figured I'd ask. And Robin, thank you so much for calling. And while that is it for the voicemail portion of the program, I still have a couple of emails that I would like to address. And the first one comes from listener Roger, and that's been sitting in my inbox for quite some time. And I do apologize for that, Roger, but here we go. It says, hello, Patrick. I haven't had a chance to listen to your latest podcast yet, which was Gargoyles. That's how old this email is. I'm very sorry, Roger. I'm a terrible person, but I'm looking forward to it. I hope you've listened to it by now, and rest in peace, Bernie Casey. Uh, I added that part. That wasn't Roger. Okay, back to Roger. This is Roger talking now. I hope that someday you add the TV movies The Night Stalker and Trilogy of Terror as well. I just wanted to mention to you, uh, not looking for a podcast shout-out, but just wanted to share while you're getting a shout-out anyway, Roger, that I loved hearing about your drive-in podcasts. I was especially interested because I've been working on setting up my own podcast looking for a fall launch, I hope, that is mostly about movies that I saw at the drive-in. It's not going to encompass one genre, but rather all the different movies I saw growing up in the 60s and on through the day. Oh, through today, rather. That sounds awesome because uh, I read a little bit of Roger's blog, I think, or at least posted a link to Roger's 
blog about seeing movies for the first time in the theater back in the day and i loved it it was completely up this old queen's alley and 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 yes yes to all that okay sorry now back to his email additionally i want to then recommend movies that listeners might be interested in that might tie into those drive-in experience movies for instance the first movies i ever saw at the drive-in were destroy all monsters and king kong escapes i remember very clearly and I remember going very clearly and plan on talking about that experience as, as well as recapping the films. I would then talk about the 2014 Godzilla and the 1976 King Kong, which I love mainly due to the over-top, over-the-top performance of Charles Grodin. Hope you don't mind, but I just kind of thought I'd bounce this idea off you to see what you think. I figure I'd have a little audience of family and friends, but thought it could be fun even if it is a lot of work. Oh, honey, it is a lot of work, but it is a lot of fun, and it's more rewarding than you'll ever expect it to be. I think this is a great idea for a podcast, uh, and, 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 and it's a very unique view of movies. I mean, there's a gazillion movie podcast out there, and this little spin on it makes it uniquely yours, which makes it stand out, and I think it's a brilliant idea. And I love all those suggestions. I mean, Trilogy of Terror and Night Stalker are such big, well-known, made-for-TV movies that I, I part of me doesn't want to cover them because I figure everybody's seen them. But you're right. I should do them at some point because they're both great ones. Well, one-third of Trilogy of Terror is great. But, man, it's – what are the other even two, two parts about? I know I've seen them a hundred times. But, man, the only part anybody remembers is the last part. And there's a goddamn good reason for that because it's amazing. And uh, Destroy All Monsters and King Kong Escapes. Man, I know I've seen both of those a gazillion times. All the Godzilla movies kind of blend together in my head because they would be on like either Channel 9 or the 430 movie on Channel 7 when I was growing up. And they do a whole week of them. So they just all blend together. But those are also fantastic. And uh, I love the 1976 King Kong. I mean, the yes, there's the over-the-top performance of Charles Grodin and then there's the weird kind of barbiturate enhanced performance of Jessica Lange in her first starring role and it's 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 really quite fabulous so thank you and plus I saw that I saw that at the movies on a drive-in not the drive-in but a regular movie but on a double feature with Orca and for some reason my super catholic sister took me to that when I was you know seven and those were both rated art movies i think i don't know i don't know she was looser back in the day she's real tight now but are we talking about her no we're talking about you roger and thank you for writing in. it is always fabulous to hear from you sir now the other email i got is from a new well not a new listener but someone who's contacting me for the first time and that's andrew who lives in bangor maine and right now he's just like oh my god patch is gonna read my email well simmer down andrew it's happening right now Patrick, it says in all caps, so I can only assume that he's channeling anti-mame. Or he's too young to know what anti-mame is, but just know that because of anti-mame, when people say my name, they always go, Patrick, my little love, and that's okay. And I know you didn't follow it with my little love. Okay, now, are we talking about me or are we talking about your email? Shut up, Patrick. Okay, shh. Patrick. So I'm a dedicated listener and surprise, surprise, a young gay horror nerd. I went to see the new version of It last night with my boyfriend, and I'm jealous that you saw It, because I still haven't, and that you have a boyfriend, so I hate you twice. No, I really don't. I really don't. And let me tell you, Patrick, it's really fucking mind-boggling to consider the significance of that. 
You see, I live in Bangor, Maine, the town that's the inspiration for Derry, which is also the location of a murder that gets heavily mirrored in it, primarily in the second half, but also through the homophobic bullying directed at the kids. An openly gay man around my age named Charlie Howard was beaten and thrown off a bridge downtown in the 80s by a group of teenage boys, a bridge that the locals still refer to as Chuckahomo Bridge. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Well, it's decent branding, but ew. Ew. Now, I thought the movie was fantastic, though the jump scares didn't do anything for me personally, and it definitely feels like a movie that won't be as good on the small screen, but the constant and consistent similarities to my home was amazing. Sure, the library that Ben goes to read, where Ben goes to read, isn't across from a strip club and a not-so-great Chinese food place, and it's not filled with it's not filled with the homeless like it is in 2017, but it's still the same library that I go to, and it's right over by the graffiti bridge where Ben gets beaten up, which isn't the Chuckahomo Bridge. And it isn't a covered bridge in real life. But, by the way, there is a random creepy mailbox on the trail by it, so that's almost as spooky as a covered bridge. Covered bridge. Covered mailbox. Come say, come saw. I'm on board. Whatever. Where was I? Okay, some of it was shot here in Bangor, which is very obvious, but they did an amazing job making the other Canadian towns they use look just like Bangor. But all of this just drove home the fact that it's amazing that I can go to see a movie in a somewhat rural town with my boyfriend and hold hands with him in public. And sure, someone might snigger to their friends about the faggots being let out for the night, or at least I assume that's what they say, but I don't have to fear having my cat strangled, which really happened, or being murdered like Charlie. Or at least there's a smaller chance now. It's wild to me that in 30 years there's been enough of a shift in society, even though I know it still happens, that Charlie's death and torment is something in a horror movie and not something that I face every day. I can't even begin to imagine what it must be like to be an older LGB adult. Fuck you, Andrew. (laughs) Everybody's coming down on my age lately. Yes, I am an older LGB. Fine, okay, okay, take the comment. I can't imagine what it must be like to be an older LGB adult in our community and have lived through times where physical violence against queer people was much, much more commonly accepted. Anyway, this whole emotional experience I had in the movie theater made me think of some of the things that you said on your podcast and I felt the need to reach out and express it to somebody and I figured it had better be you. Andrew, Thank you so much for that. That was a fantastic email. That's that's a lot of wisdom coming from a young person. That Not saying that young people aren't wise, but that's some deep thoughts to be having at a horror movie. And that is all true. And, and, and it worries me how close we're teetering to coming back to that sort of thing. I mean, attacks against LGBT people are on the rise everywhere. I mean, right here in majorly gay communities like at the West Village, for God's sake, people are getting beaten up. Are you crazy? That's our turf. But not anymore. But anyway, thank you for writing in. This made me happy. Tells me that I'm not speaking into the wind, that some of the youths are listening to the old queen, and that that makes the old queen happy, as tarnished as her tiara might be getting. Hugs to you, little one. Hugs 
to you. I don't know why I got my creepy voice on when I gave you a hug, but you know what? You're a horror fan. You probably liked it. Freako. That's a compliment. <laughs> so that is it for the listener feedback, which means that is it for another episode of Scream Queens. Now, if you want to be like Carly and Robin, well, pick up the phone and dial the numbers. 917-720-2047 and you can leave what's known as a voicemail. It's like a mail, but with your voice on it. Or you could be like the boys and send me an email at crew at screamqueens.com. And as always, that's Queens with a Z. Or you can find me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Scream Queens. I'm on Instagram at New... New? No, no, that's wrong. I'm on Instagram at No Tiara for you, God damn it. Scream Queens Horror Podcast is on there as well, but I haven't been able... I can't juggle two damn accounts. Social media is overwhelming and volunteers for internships are still being accepted so please contact me if you want to help me run my social media you will be greatly rewarded that was dirty why do i gotta make everything gross why because it's scream queens the podcast where everything's gay and gross and of course if you liked what you heard on this episode you can become a patron by going over to www.patreon.com slash scream queens and picking a subscription package that suits your needs and wants and budget and look in and get uh, what do we get you get membership to the exclusive final real feed and that's what's going to be happening in new releases and whether or not you should waste your money on it but you know that already because i've told you that already and also be sure if you're in the new york area to go to www.darkhousetheater.com and Get yourself some tickets to see me in Easton Red the first weekend in October. It's going to be a super bloody, gooey, gushy, gory good time. So, until next time, my beautiful screamers. Oh, I just remembered. That's right. Next time. It's a special episode. A little warm-up to the marathon. Because for the first time in a long time, we're having a Friday the 13th Spectacular, and we're going to be covering the 1986 movie, Slaughter High, and it's all Brian Wolford's fault. I hated every second of this goddamn movie, and it's Brian Wolford's fault, so you can take everything out on him. Because I certainly will. I'll take it out on him and his mom. You probably don't know what that means. Well, you know what? You know what? You take from that what you will. But get ready for that. We're gonna have Allison and Brian, formerly from I'm Not Here to Make Friends, on to talk about that. That's already been recorded, and we have a hoot of a time because we all hated this movie more than the other one did. And so we rip it to shreds, and then we rip Brian to shreds, and it's going to be tons and tons of fun because what else are you going to do when you run out of Friday the 13th movies to do? You improvise. Because, God forbid, I just want to keep saying at the end of words on a regular, somewhat basis. Anyway, until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers. Continue to make the world a creepier place. Be good to yourself. And 
be unexpectedly nice to somebody today, possibly someone you don't know. Hold the door open for somebody. Don't close the elevator when you're waiting for it or just, you know, I don't know, whatever, whatever. Let somebody cross in the crosswalk that's crossing against the light, whatever. Just be decent. Just let's put some decency out there and never forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or fight. That's not even right. That's the rhyme, though. Hey, fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel. I can't even remember my own rules. 